0: Good evening and welcome to Savopedia, episode number nine. Another beautiful day here in Boston, although it is getting a lot colder and a lot windier. So usually um, when it does get colder, I like to start walking uh, indoors. As you know, I walk around the city quite often, so um, I like to walk indoors. And one of the best places to walk indoors is only about two miles away and it only takes two stops on the blue line to get there so uh logan international airport um, as you know i like to plane spot and people watch so what better place to do it and with social distancing and wearing a mask Um, so basically i've been there a few times in the past few weeks Um, it's a great place to walk indoors because all of the terminals now are connected by one tunnel, so you can actually keep making a a loop. And about a week or so ago, I'm walking through and there's these people there, there was a security guard there. um, And I think there was actually a flight attendant too. And this woman was very upset. And as I was walking by, I can make out what the problem was. She had this crippling fear of getting on the plane. She didn't want to go through security. She just couldn't do it. So she had this fear Of flying and I remember you know what it kind of like hit me that yeah so I used to be there too as I said I haven't I I didn't start flying until I was an adult so uh, it took me a few times to get used to it and just knowing I was there and I've been where she was and I know a lot of other people actually have this same fear and anxieties So we decided to do a joint episode tonight. As you know, I co-host Airwaves This Week with my friend Lee Goldstein and Savopedia. So we teamed up tonight. Uh, As as you know, he's got an airline industry show and I have my podcast. So we we decided to get together tonight in hopes that this would be helpful to fearful Flyers. So we're going to do tonight's episode is all about fear of flying and how to overcome that and what to do if you're in that situation. So hopefully tonight's episode helps. And I will post some links on the episode notes. There's gonna be a couple of links to places you can go on YouTube or um, actually Amazon's got some really good books and Kindle downloads that are available now that weren't available to me When I first started flying, so I would say just educate yourself as much as possible and you'll feel a lot better. So hopefully tonight's episode helps. Hello. Hello there.
1: Welcome to airwaves this week
0: and Savopedia.
1: We also like to extend a warm welcome to all of our international listeners around the world, such as South Africa, Canada, Ireland, Russia, Singapore, and Australia. This week we'll be doing a collaborative podcast between Airways this week and Savopedia on the fears associated with flying and some of the coping methods. By the end of this podcast, we hope to instill some confidence to help alleviate some of the fears and misconceptions of flying. So with that, I will hand it over to Steve.
0: Thank you, Lee. So I'm going to jump right into it. Fear of flying. Uh, and actually, before we begin, I, and I'm, I'm going to mention this later, too, but I just want to mention that Airwaves This Week now has an email address at at gmail.com. And we're going to go over that again in a little bit. I want to thank Lee for his input and his background in the airline industry again. So fear of flying, which I know a lot of people have, uh, aviophobia, is the technical term Uh, it's it's basically a fear of flying a lot of people get this it's called anticipatory anxiety Um, and anticipatory anxiety could be about anything but tonight it's going to be about flying so that's when you have thoughts of your upcoming flight in a matter of days or weeks before again anticipatory anxiety it's basically anticipation of fear So you're getting anxious and getting anxiety about fear that you don't even have yet. And it's often the most intense anxiety about what you'll experience during the flight. But it's not accurate of what actually happened. So I know a lot of people like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Again, the fear is far greater than what you're actually going to experience. And then uh, Lee's going to go into more detail in a, in a couple of seconds. Um, so basically, anticipatory anxiety stems from things you can't control, things that are out of your control. And for me, that was the biggest issue. Uh, I mentioned last week and a couple of weeks before to Lee that I really didn't start flying till I was an adult. So my parents never took me on trips when we were younger, on airplanes anyway. So I was going into it cold the first couple of times. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, at the time, there was no YouTube. There were there were no online references. Now there's there's plenty, and we're going to get into that too. So there, there there's a lot of help coming, and we're going to talk you through this tonight. So I would just say challenge your anxious thoughts. Uh, when you get nervous about something you have to do in the future, ask yourself if if you're actually being realistic, and if you think it through, you're probably not being realistic. Um, try and refocus your refocus your thoughts. You know, when negative or anxious thoughts begin, I would intentionally interrupt yourself, interrupt your train of thought. Try and think of something else. I know it's not always easy, or just yell to yourself, "No!" or "Stop!" and just try and refocus your thoughts. And then I would say a big help too that helped me, especially at the airport, was step breathing and. I'll talk about that more when we get to the airport. So, the number one thing, Lee, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, if, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, take away this fact right here because it's true and it works every time. So, anxiety is always limited by facts. So step onto the airplane with knowledge. Before you even get onto that airplane, you should know how it works, how it flies, and Lee's gonna get more into that in a second. Just know that anxiety thrives on ignorance and feeds off the what ifs, and oh my God, catastrophic thoughts. But once you become knowledgeable, your what ifs and anxiety will reduce significantly. Believe me, I've lived this firsthand and it works every time. If you educate yourself, about aviation and how it works, you will know that it's the safest mode of transportation. Um, so uh, again, I would just say read, search online, and YouTube has a ton of great videos. I'm gonna mention more in a bit, um, and try and separate your fear from danger. Um, and I know it's difficult to separate anxiety from danger, uh, but the two are actually different, right? So. Danger is danger, and the fear of danger isn't really realistic. So remind yourself that feeling anxious doesn't mean that you're actually in danger. You're safe, even when you're feeling intense anxiety. And somebody who lives with anxiety on almost a daily basis, I could tell you that firsthand. So, Lee, I would say, for me anyway, so the number one fear is turbulence. Would you say that's pretty accurate?
1: yeah i would say turbulence is going to be the number one fear and it's because you don't know what's going on you feel the plane shaking and i mean think of it as this when you're driving your car on the highway and all of a sudden you feel a shimmy you don't know what's going on then you start you know your mind starts wondering what did i just did i drive over something what's going on with the engine it's just the unknown which you you briefly touched on if you don't you know the unknown is going to cause irrational thoughts and with turbulence it's it's not something you can see it's clear air and there's it's called clear air turbulence so it's it's if you feel the plane starting to shake it's not going to break up it's not going to fall apart it's not like the movies the planes are designed to withstand extreme uh, amounts of severe turbulence
0: one thing too i've always told folks is if you're doing 80, 90 miles an hour on the highway and you stick your hand out the window, that wind is pushing on your hand. So imagine now you're going 500 miles an hour. So now that wind becomes a solid and there's absolutely no way that plane is going to fall out of the sky. So just keep that in mind. Lee, if you can just walk us through like when we're at the airport and the pilots are doing their things, what are, what are some of the things that's going on while we're sitting and waiting in the airport? A
1: very thorough check of that aircraft before you get on board. And while they're doing that, you have the flight crew in the interior of the aircraft doing their safety check, making sure that the slides and the equipment and the doors are working. Because when you hear them say cross-check and uh, they're, they're locking the doors, And what that means is that when they turn the switch, the doors are now locked and armed. If that door was to open while it's armed, the safety equipment would deploy such as the slide. And they're also looking to make sure that there are seals are in place for the pressurization because if there's a pressure leak, then that's something that they're gonna catch before everybody gets on board the aircraft. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you don't really see except for the pilots doing their walk around they, they are making sure that plane is in 100% flying airworthiness order. And the maintenance crews, you'll also see them walking around sometimes. They're doing a second safety check. And then if you see them in the cockpit, it doesn't mean something's wrong with the airplane. It just means that they're just signing off on some paperwork for the flight crew that something may have been repaired. And they're just making sure that uh, all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted.
0: So the plane, the the doors aren't going to fly off during the flight.
1: They can't, you cannot open a door. There's too much pressure. There's too much resistance. Uh, I can give you an example. When I did my initial flight training, you could open the little window, the small planes had windows because they're not pressurized, so you could open that. But to try open the door was really hard. And you're only going about 110, 115 miles an hour. Think of yourself now going five hundred miles an hour. There's no way you're gonna be open a door. It's just too much wind pressure and resistance holding that door closed. So in the movies That's not realistic. You can't just open a door. It's just no way, unless they slow down really, really slow. And at that point, I don't know if the plane can even go that slow without it stalling. So the doors are not going to fall or open on their own. And you couldn't open them if you wanted to.
0: Good point. Good point. So I hope at this point you're feeling a little bit better about flying. Um, So the day of the flight, and we're going to walk through pretty much every step of the way from when you get to the airport to when you get on the plane to in flight and then landing so the day of the flight uh arriving and traveling to the airport this is when you might feel most anxious i would say and i'm sure lee would agree that arrive early to reduce any unneeded stress on yourself because there's always some kind of delay if
1: nothing else arrive early to hit the bar that'll yeah. help take the edge off
0: <laughs> great point
1: not the pilots, but not the-,
0: the passengers. <laughs> and, yeah, and don't get yourself blitzed to the point where you, they're not going to board you. So I always say think of the airport as part of the vacation, and we talked about this on Airwaves last week. When you're sitting there and now you've gone through security and you're sitting uh, in the in the area where you're about to board, you could start step-breathing, and by step-breathing, spree- step um, this is a very well-known process. So basically, you, you put your hand on your upper chest. You take in a nice deep breath in your nose and hold it. I'd say about five to eight seconds. And you'll feel you'll feel your, your chest fill with air. So take in a nice deep breath, hold it, and then breathe out through your mouth. A lot of people, athletes, even use this step breathing process. What it does is it slows your heart rate down. So anxiety, as you know, always gets your heart beating faster. Step breathing physically slows your heart rate down. And I would just keep doing that for a few minutes. And again, if you stop feeling dizzy because you can, just stop and breathe normally. But step breathing really works. So that's step breathing.
1: Step breathing is actually something that they include in meditation as well. That's Mm -hmm. one of the first things they teach you. I've only taken like one or two classes on that. But. Both times I've taken it, that was the first thing they would start with to teach you to really calm yourself down and get yourself into a comfortable place.
0: And it really works. I mean, when I first read about it and saw it, I, you know, I chuckled and yeah, yeah, right. But the first time I was sitting at an airport feeling anxious, I was doing it for about ten minutes straight, and it really helped. Now they've they've called your ticket and all of those. Um, Ignorant people bought it ahead of you because they had better seats. Uh, So now you're getting on the plane. And what I do is I always watch the pilots and flight attendants and ask yourself, do they look nervous? No, they don't look nervous. And it's not because they've done it a thousand times. But think to yourself, would they be doing this job if it was really that dangerous? If if they were risking their life, would they really be doing this job? They're not getting paid a million dollars. So... It's, and I know for them it's an everyday occurrence, but again, just just kind of keep that kind of stuff in, in in your head, and then remember what you learned online, YouTube, and what you read. Lee already mentioned it. The steps the pilots and attendants are going through, and then noises you will hear, which Lee's going to elaborate on a little bit. But again, you're not the only nervous person on the plane, and. Attendants will go through these safety instructions during taxi. And again, that is normal, correctly, as you're taxiing down.
1: Yeah, you're going to hear some interesting sounds, some whirling sounds. You may only hear one engine on sometimes to conserve fuel. They may run one engine until you get out to closer to the runway, and then they'll kick in that second engine. Uh, You're also going to hear some high-pitched sounds, almost sounds like a grinding sound. Those are the hydraulics. Uh, They're just kicking in place and and starting because there's pumps in the plane. So the pumps are running the hydraulics through fluid, through the systems and the oil pumps. So you're going to hear a lot of strange noises and you might actually, and you've probably experienced this. You've seen, um, almost looks like a mist coming in through the ceiling. That's when you're in hot climates, it's the air conditioning system. It's just, so the air is so cold and it's humid out. Think of like, if you're in South Florida, you're going to see that mist in the ceiling. That's just the air conditioning system, and that's completely normal as well.
0: That's a good point. I, I've experienced that once. That's a very good point. I, I it is not.
1: kind of scary to see it because it mm. almost looks like a like a fog.
0: Right, right. And as Lee mentioned, so during taxi, um, there's going to be bumps as the plane rolls over the pavement and... You know, there's there's lighting on the airway that the, the tires are running over. So there's gonna be bumps. There's always bumps as you're you're taxing. That's that's all normal. As Lee mentioned too, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear the flaps as the pilots go through pre-flight procedures. Again, this is all normal. So at this point, the engines will spool up and the plane's gonna start to roll it's not as bad as you feared so don't feel like you you it doesn't actually feel as as fast as you are going that's the one thing that surprised me the first time i flew i thought we were going to be like in a uh, a drag race going down the quarter mile but even even though the plane is going at a pretty good clip it, it really doesn't look it when you look out the window
1: it's, it's relative to the size of the aircraft you're in. So the, the small ones that you start learning to fly, those you um, accelerate and you take off around 55 knots, which is a little over 60, I don't know, maybe 63 miles an hour. The large airplanes, you know, they're over 150 miles, 180 miles an mm-hmm. hour. And when you see like the real large ones, like the Airbus, I don't know what the, the speed is on that, the A380, but it looks like it's crawling. Yeah. It's moving. It's moving. It's moving. And then, uh, I will say, once you take off, you, you, you do hear a sound, and it, it can be discerning if, if you don't know what's going on. You're going to hear the engines pull way back. You're All of a sudden, you're full yes. throttle, and all of a sudden, you hear the engines spool down. That's completely normal. The, the purpose of the only time that the flight crew is using full throttle is for takeoff. After you're at about 1,000 feet or a little bit more, you're going to feel and hear the engines spool down to probably 80% or 70%. That's the uh, economy cruise climb. That's normal. You don't want to overheat or overstress the engine, so you're going to hear that. And then you're going to hear loud thuds and that's the landing gear. Those things can be really loud, but it's that's all normal.
0: Right. And that that surprised me the first couple of times. Sometimes, you know, it, and especially if you haven't flown like Lee said, don't don't be alarmed because you you that's exactly what happens it, it, you might even feel like a little sink in your stomach like it, it almost drop it's not really dropping it's just because they've they've um, taken you out of the takeoff speed or climb speed you know the Lee knows the exact term more so than I do
1: I'll just say it's acceleration
0: acceleration right So at that point then you're gonna feel the plane ac- ac- accelerate a bit. Um, and it's not like you're on a rocket ship. It's more of a, a slight pressure you might feel, but, um, that subsides almost immediately as the plane climbs. And one thing I always thought before I ever flew is that I'd be sitting in my seat and it'd be like being on an escalator. And I'm looking at the people in front of me and they're way up above my head because the plane is on such a steep incline, but that's not the case. It feels like you're pretty much level the whole flight.
1: So during takeoff, you're at the steepest point. After you're at about ten thousand feet, they lower the nose a bit and get into more of a cruise climb. Um, that way, it's more comfortable for everyone, and then everybody can start moving around. So that's what ten thousand feet is kind of under ten. Ten thousand feet is like a safety, a safety thing for all the flight crew inside the cockpit. They can't talk about anything flight that is not flight related. That's why they don't want using electronics, even though that's really not an issue. It's just they like to keep that that habit going. Uh, Once you get above 10,000 feet, it's safer. They're not in the terminal. They call it the terminal area of the airport where you're the most imperative and safety features of the flight are going on. So once you get at 10,000 feet, it's not going to be as strict uh, of guidelines that they're going to have in the cabin and and they want you to be comfortable so they're going to lower the nose a little bit and you're going to climb at a much lower uh, trajectory for the duration of the climb
0: is that when they usually in autopilot at that point
1: uh it depends on sometimes the flight crew they like to hand fly the plane but i think there's probably regulations now as to when they're they really want them to do be using autopilot It's probably on at about 10,000. It's probably on before 10,000 feet. It really depends on the the policies of that airline.
0: And one thing I want to mention that I forgot, turbulence. If you you do feel turbulence, again, watch, watch videos online and watch what the pilots are actually doing during turbulence. Being back in the cabin, you might have this thought in your head that the pilots are up front struggling to keep the plane in the air when really that's not the case at all. And I, I think Lee even mentioned that on one of the other episodes is they're more worried about spilling their coffee.
1: Yeah, they're not going to they're, they're not struggling at all. Those airplanes are so easy to fly, um, but they're going to be putting the aircraft into a comfortable speed to punch through the turbulence. They're not going to be going as fast. So you also hear the engine slow down when you're in turbulence. So that may be kind of scary, too, if you're in some pretty severe turbulence. All of a sudden the engine slow down. You feel like, oh, what happened to the engine? Just got out. They're just slowing down so you can get through it easier. They, it's, it puts more stress in the airplane uh, to go through the turbulence faster. So there's structural um, and structural integrity of aircraft would be greatly enhanced by slowing down.
0: And once you get to cruising altitude, you're going to see that the seatbelt sign will come off and you'll start to see activity in the cabin, the attendance at this point, uh, uh, checking passengers. the food and drink service might start depending on the flight you're on. Some short flights don't have that. The longer flights do. When seated in your, when you, when you get, whenever you're sitting in your seat, it's always required to keep your seatbelt fastened as a safety precaution.
1: Yeah. You definitely want to have your seatbelt fastened, even if it's loose. Uh, I've been in too many situations when I used to do my flight training where had I not had a seatbelt and I would have gone flying out of my seat and hit my head in the ceiling. <laughs> and even though those are smaller airplanes, the larger ones are the same. You've seen those videos on YouTube where people went flying, drink carts went up in the air. Because you could drop, if you do hit a pocket turbulence, you could drop 50 to 100 feet. And it's almost like a roller coaster. Just think of the, the, uh, the G-forces acting. So you definitely want to just, even if you don't want to be seatbelt in, just put it on and have it as loose as possible. It'll still hold you in place if something were to happen.
0: Yeah, and, and they'll mention that, too, during the pre-flight. So when the attendants are going through all the safety features, they're going to tell you that anyway to keep your seatbelt tight. And if they walk by during the flight and they see you, um, they may even say something. They have to me, anyway. They're like, please fasten your seatbelt. Um,
1: yeah, I've seen that as well. They've You just forget sometimes, and especially right, in long flights. right.
0: Right, and it's always you know it's not always the most comfortable thing. And like you said, just wear it loose, but you should you should be wearing it.
1: Yeah, I mean the flight crew they have a what's called a five point harness, kind of like the racing harness. Mm-hmm. So you've got it on the over the shoulder, two two straps over the shoulder, and then you've got uh, one on the waist that has a few connection points. They're taking their shoulder straps off after takeoff. That's uh, in their regulations for the at least the airlines I work for. Once you take off, seatbelt harnesses were coming off on the flight crew. And that was the same thing when I used to fly in the small aircraft that I trained in. Once it was in a cruise, I would take the shoulder harness off just because those aren't as comfortable. But they're always wearing them.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So at this point, I would say look out the window uh, because you're not going to seem like the plane is traveling at a high rate of speed at all. It you know everything kind of moves in slow motion, uh, especially if it's not cloudy. If you if it's at night, you're going to see lights down on the ground. If it's during the day, you're going to get to see all the scenery. But again, it's it's not like you're flying through. I think the only time that you might feel like you're going fast is when you see an airplane flying the opposite direction by you, and it it's almost like a blink of an eye.
1: Yeah, they're they're moving. It, it's amazing how how fast they go. And, and you may even see an aircraft really close to you. Then get, that's another thing people get concerned about. That is completely normal. They have uh, what's called RVSM airspace these days, reverse vertical separation movement area. And that, what that means is that each aircraft they have, so have to have certain equipment on board, which all the most current aircraft do. And that gives air traffic control the ability to keep airplane. I believe it's a thousand feet apart vertical, 0,000 a thousand or 2000. I can't remember. But they're it, it looks like they're right on top of you. But they're at least a thousand feet.
0: One one thing that was pretty cool flying into San Francisco International is they more so than not they're they're landing two planes at a time side to side. Um, so if you if you are lucky, you could get some really cool videos of the plane next to you coming in for the same landing.
1: A lot of airports that have parallel runways, you'll see that i know in the states um atlanta is a big one as well that mm-hmm. has that um and there's a, a bunch of of the large airports across the, the world are, are like that as well it just helps for those busy airports to be able to get multiple landings in and take at the same time they usually don't have planes taking off at the same time as often right. but landing definitely
0: so Again, look look out the window. I would say take full advantage of the flight. That's part of your vacation, part of your travel. Even if it's for business, it's part of your travel, and you should be enjoying it. I would take pictures. Uh, I know I speak for Lee when the two of us have taken plenty of pictures and videos to remember the experience. And if you look on YouTube, there is literally thousands of YouTube sites where all they have is is videos and, and you typically see, like, the wing shot um, of landing and takeoffs. And if you're fearful of heights, then you can always keep the, the window screen down. That's not a problem. Sometimes people don't like when you do that.
1: A lot of people do that, and it's kind of annoying because I want to see what's right. going on when we're land. I want to see how close we are to the ground when we're coming in for a landing. And I hate when, when the window shades are kept closed because I feel like, then you just have nothing to see and you just have to. And if there's not an inflate entertainment that tells you what your altitude is, you're always like, are we almost, are we almost there? What's going on?
0: Exactly. I, I, that's why I always try and get uh, a window seat because the first thing I do when I sit down and when I board is I take out my suction cup and I suction cup, my GoPro to the window. So again, if you feel anxious, just latch on to things that are setting you off. What are those triggers? Uh, figure out what frightens you. Examine that, you know, and just ask yourself, what's, what's starting that anxiety? So learning what sets you what sets off your anxiety is gonna make it easier for you to turn it off. And your goal is to identify your triggers so you can manage your fear. Lee just mentioned too. So take advantage of the onboard entertainment. They have movies, TVs, maps. Uh, enjoy the food-drink service if you can. Some people don't like the food and drinks. But I think I, while I speak for myself is I pretty much watch the maps the whole time.
1: That's pretty much what I do. Um, I find that the entertainment, they never seem to have a movie I'm interested in watching. Mm. They're always just like, eh, I guess if there's nothing else to do, I'll watch that. But I usually don't. But nowadays, I mean, you can just bring your tablet and download a movie on and, and go with that. But I, I find the map to be helpful, especially when they tell you the altitude and speed and when you'll arrive. Gives me an idea of what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's and I'm gr- glad you mentioned that, too. So the maps, it, it, it you could either leave the map on or you can have it, like, rotate in between the information and the map. But the information... Like Lee just said, it tells you your altitude, your speed, when you're due to arrive, how far you've gone, how many miles you've gone, how many miles you have left. It's just really good. For me anyway, it's good information to have. So remember what Lee talked about when turbulence hits. Just remember what you learned about airplanes and how they're designed to handle turbulence. And remember, like I said, watch those videos of the pilots. In the cockpit during turbulence and when turbulence does hit try and remember that they're not struggling to keep the plane in flight. Um, They're just going about their normal business. So one other thing you can think about is think about where you're heading. So that's how you can just kind of refocus your mind and put yourself in a different mindset. Think about where you're heading your vacation things you want to do and see think about what you need to do when you get to the airport. Um, and then if it's a return flight home, think of things you need to do at the airport getting home, uh, seeing family and friends. And, oh, my God, is my Uber a Lyft going to show up on time? I think that
1: thinking of what you're going to have to do at the airport is going to cause more anxiety than being <laughs> on the airplane.
0: True, true. <laughs> are
1: they going to lose my bag? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I know people who are like that. They worry more about the bag than the flight. Yeah. And talk to a flight attendant if need be. I mean, you know, they are busy and they're not going to give you any more special attention or just stand by your side the whole time. But if you tell them you're a fearful flyer, many will come check on you during the flight. My first few times, um, I actually got a couple free glasses of wine out of that deal.
1: Did they give you a set of pilot wings too?
0: Yeah. So that was <laughs> actually my first flight was Delta and the, the two flight attendants uh, made a pretty big deal. And they came over, they actually gave me the little coloring book, but it came with those <laughs> little wings. And during the flight, um, I got two free glasses of wine. It's like, yeah, hand. Yeah, this is just going to help you calm down a little bit. Not yeah, don't knowing know we'll Don't
1: that these days. Yeah. They take inventory of that stuff. But uh, I remember that, uh, I think it was in a movie where they're saying you know they're saying well where's the booze i i see that a few things are missing from from the inventory mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's how it is now uh i can't remember it's been it's been a while but those carts are obviously locked up and everything's accounted for so i don't know if they can give them away for free anymore but you never know
0: yes yeah, quite- so this was a this was about 20 years ago
1: yeah quite different now
0: quite different Uh, so, so that's really it during the flight again, just try and take advantage of everything they have to offer and about a half an hour, an hour before descent. So the pilot's going to come on. He's going to make an announcement, uh, to the passengers and flight attendants to prepare for descent and landing. Um, and that you'll be arriving shortly.
1: That is if you can understand a word they're saying.
0: True. True.
1: Sometimes the they're like whispering in the microphone.
0: It's whispering, or it sounds like when you're on the T, uh, yeah. in in Boston, and you, you have no clue what they just said. But at this point, they usually tell you, uh, which is I think is pretty cool. They usually tell you the local time and temp, so that should help calm your nerves as you start thinking about your destination because now you're getting close. So at this point, the attendants are going to start coming around. They're going to stop picking up trash food uh pillow if you had a pillow or a blanket they may take that away if you didn't pay for it i don't know if it's different now because now you have to pay for a pillow and a blanket
1: yeah i think um possibly on the international trips those are probably given out but the domestic in the us i don't think they give those away anymore
0: yeah so they'll be they'll just be picking stuff up and they're going to prepare for landing so at this point, uh, the plane's going to stop making a number of turns as it gets closer to the airport. Um, and these turns, again, so they're not making turns like you would see on in the movie Top Gun. They're not doing these steep inclines or belly rolls, uh, barrel rolls. I don't think it's ever more than a 30-degree angle. Is that correct?
1: Uh, and that actually may be reduced if they're flying on instruments. It may be reduced down to fifteen degrees, but uh, it depends on the weather and what clearances they're be- they're been given for their flight. But uh, you'll it will feel like you're really at a steep turn, but you're really not. Yeah. I mean you'll see that wing way up, and it'll feel like the wings really high up if you look out to to one side. But it's really not that uh, that intense as it looks like.
0: We did one turn coming into L.A., and I think I posted the video on YouTube where the window across from us, you see land, and then you look out my window, and all you can see is sky. But for me, anyway, if you're not looking out the window, I don't think you're really going to realize that you're making those types of turns. You will
1: notice uh, for a minute um, your, your inner ear fluid equalizes. And this was something that I was taught when I took flight physiology in college. So if you were to close your eyes, if you're at a level going level, not turning or climbing, and then the flight took a turn, keep your eyes closed. After five seconds, they'll still be in a turn. Your ears are going to equalize and you're going to think you're going straight and level. And that's one of the dangers of what what they teach you to do your instrument flying, because your, your body senses are totally off than what's actually going on in the aircraft. So it's really interesting in the, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's videos on, on YouTube on, on, uh, people doing instrument flying and, and what it does to the physiology of your body. But yeah, to, if you're, if there's no windows around, you would have no idea which, which direction you're going.
0: And that's a great point. And I'm glad you, you brought that up because that's going to be very helpful to a lot of people. Again, the descent is pretty gradual, you know, um, the descent itself, I think, is unnoticeable. It's it's not like they're putting the nose down and heading straight in. Um, they're no, making the, these the, turns, right?
1: They're making the turns and the descent angle once you're on final is no more than three degrees. So it's really shallow.
0: Yeah, so you're not really going to notice it. Um, so you might notice that the engines now have reduced their thrust and you're going to feel the plane moving slower especially when they stop bringing the flaps down. So what they're trying to do, um, that's one way of the plane is able to fly at slower speeds is when they bring those flaps down, correct?
1: Yeah. It, it increases your rate of descent without increasing your speed. So the uh, they're also with the flaps and the landing gear. Once there are certain um, notches of flaps that they'll put in place or that's what they used to call them notches. Now it's all electronic. But depend, they're all they're a set degree of of what the flaps are: fifteen degrees, thirty degrees, so forth. If you go too fast, you're going to overspeed the aircraft with the flaps on because it completely changes the characteristics of the aircraft and the way that it's it's flying through the air and what's keeping it going straight and or climbing or ascending. So you may feel like the nose is up and it is, but you're not going that fast because of the flaps. So it's. That's to your point. Is why they have them.
0: So is that sometimes when you're coming in for a landing? To me, it always looks like the plane's going up and then it's coming down and then it's going up and coming down. Is it really doing that, or is that because the nose of the plane is up and you're so in a lean?
1: Yeah, you're. So the nose is up for the most part. The nose. Sometimes you may see the nose down, but the majority, majority of the time. The nose is slightly elevated because the flaps are down, and to keep it at a certain airspeed. Uh, and also, it's like that because the landing—the way the landing gear is set up—where the main gear is uh, behind the nose, you know, the nose gear, and then you've got the main gear over the wings. So, it have to hit the main gear first. So that's what the flare is when they pull back the nose. So you're you're descending, but the nose is is up. It's it's a weird thing to explain.
0: Yeah, and I think, and many times more so than not, you're going to experience some bumps coming in. Uh, at this point, they're pl- probably, uh, you know, the autopilot's off, so they're flying the they're manually flying the plane. So you're going to feel some bumps. Uh, I think it also depends on the wind at the airport, but this is also a very normal experience. It
1: also depends on what the weather is. If you're right. flying through, let's say, a, a weather where there are storms forecast near south florida is always a perfect example there are small storms all over the place you're going to feel bumps flying through some of the uh the cumulus weather or the clouds rather
0: right and and again folks th- that's very normal and it happens almost all the time um like lee said when you when you hear the wheels lowering you're really going to hear it the wheels are and uh, you're going to hear the flaps moving
1: on those small aircraft like the 50 seater jet regional jets the landing gear on those things is so loud and so obtrusive that it really scares you if you don't know what's going on. It's a, It sounds like an explosion going off sometimes when the door opens and the gear lowers, but that's completely normal.
0: And the landing experience itself um, is literally a matter of minutes. So before you know it, you're going to be touched down. Absolutely. So uh, that's pretty much it. So you made it. Now, the planes on the taxi to the jetway, I would say at this point, if if you can hear what they're actually saying, listen to the announcements. Very important, because that's when they usually announce which gate you're arriving at and which baggage carousel to proceed to. That's one thing I always listen for is where's my bag going to be? Um, and they, they usually know that before the plane gets to the terminal. So that's pretty much it. You survived and arrived and now you're ready for your next adventure.
1: Adventure awaits
0: adventure awaits. So you'll be able to fly anywhere in the world. So once you get past your initial flight and you get over the fares and you, you soak in all of this knowledge, you'll be able to fly anywhere. And you realize that you should have done it a lot sooner. Like I have. So value each flight exposure is the active ingredient of overcoming your phobia is what they say so that pretty much means do it as often as you can and i know everybody can't fly all the time but if you really have a fear of flying and you've gotten through this first experience don't wait a year or two or three to get back on another flight because you're going to go through the same experience again try and get on as often as possible it's like anything else it's like playing golf the more you do it the better you're going to get at it Um, and that's what i did the first couple of years i was just flying like every six months to a year and just to keep myself in that mode knowing that it's safe so that's another big piece of advice for me don't wait too long in between flights
1: yeah i think that's a good that's a good
0: pointer so there's a lot of good books and Kindle downloads. There's one called SOAR, S-O-A-R. If you actually buy that program, it's pretty pricey. So they do have a lot of YouTube videos that you don't have to pay for. and But there's some links, too, that will help you out with as well. And there's another good book. It's called How to Overcome Fear of Flying by Global Wellness Media, and I'll drop that link in as well and i'll try and drop it in the youtube video that we're shooting tonight so um, i want to just let everyone know so this is our first podcast that we're actually going to be posting to youtube so now we have both um spotify and anchor and all those great app sites but now we have a youtube podcast so thank you for being uh Helping us out as, as usual. As Lee mentioned before, so this was a collaborative effort. So this is going out on Airwaves This Week on Anchor and Spotify and all your favorite apps. And it's also going to be on Savopedia on the same apps. Um, and again, as I mentioned on YouTube. So again, I just want to mention that Airwaves has that email address now and it's Airwaves This Week at gmail.com So that's A-I-R- W-A-V-E-S-T-H-I-S-W-E-E-K at gmail.com. And you can always reach me as well at Steve at dot com. Lee and I, Lee, would like to thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Yes, thank you. And if there are any questions on anything we discussed, please send us an email and we'll do our best to respond as soon as we can.
0: Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week for episode nine. And thank you, as always, for joining. And don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube, boom, or like and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite apps. We truly appreciate the follow. And we always appreciate all of our listeners, especially the folks now that we see, uh, listening from all over the world also look for links to helpful information about overcoming fear of flying in the episode notes on facebook savopedia instagram savopedia underscore podcast twitter at savopedia and youtube with the same name so again please look for those notes and we're going to include a lot of helpful information Again, as always, I want to thank our sponsor, waterpaws.com, waterpawsco.com. With the holidays coming up, make sure you get the quality your pups deserve. So that is handmade bandanas for both cats and dogs. And with the holidays coming up, what better to give them a custom-made bandana? So that's waterpawsc dot com waterpause.com that's going to do it for this week and we will see you again next time